It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. On your Wednesday episode of Locked on Rackers, it's been a dark and trying time for your local basketball team, but its best player is an all-star. We'll talk about Scotty Barnes making the all-star game, look ahead to the trade deadline, and so much more coming up on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, February the 7th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on that website that's mean and not very good, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors, and of course, you can join us over on the Lockdown Raptors Discord server, a place that is not mean and is very good. Link in the description. It's free to join. It's a great little community we got building around the show, and it should be a pretty fun place to be on trade deadline day, and an even more fun place to be after the trade deadline when there's no more fake trades for me to slap down like I'm primed to Kembe Mutombo. Uh, Come hang out. We'd love to see you over there in the discord you of course can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts on your audio app of choice follow subscribe rate review tell a friend etc etc and we are on youtube you can subscribe to the youtube channel hit the little notification bell when you do that you get a heads up every single time the show goes live little notification on your phone that says hey sean's talking drop everything you're doing and you can come and watch the show so thanks in advance for doing that as we inch closer to four thousand subs over on the youtube channel Today's show is brought to you by our pals over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for twenty bucks off your first purchase. And we are off and running here as we bring in our guest for today, one of our faves. Who the last time was on this podcast, we were talking about Scotty Barnes not being an All Star. It's Katie Heidel. Katie, what a world! Four days have made a world of difference. 
Those knee flaps. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't it because Embiid's out? Oh. And he's, it's something's wrong. Something's up with his knee flaps, which I only remember because it's so gross of a word. Like, I feel very sorry for Joel Embiid. But to read about knee flaps, it just makes me, I don't want to read about it. Um, no, I'm, I'm stoked for Scotty. <laughs> I went on the radio uh, the other day. We were talking about this, and I feel like it's a great. It's it's always a little less shine to be named. Sorry, I'm still thinking about knee flaps um, as a replacement. <laughs> you too, don't worry. <laughs> Obviously, you want to be you want to be selected, but uh, I think because this is a a nice reunion with somebody like Tyrese Maxey, who they both were mm-hmm. in the Rising Stars game their first time mm-hmm. uh, at All Star. I think that was two years ago, three years ago. Yep, two years ago. What is time, really? Uh, True. Three seasons, two years? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and now Tyrese uh, Maxey is exploding and, mm-hmm. you know, such an instrumental part of that Sixers team. And I think in terms of their trajectory, Scotty's not quite there yet, but he, I think he's well on his way. So it'll be nice for him to be in the also Like, he might – he's not going to play a ton of minutes, but just to, you know, rub shoulders with someone like that and see mm-hmm. how impactful and important it can be. Uh, I think it's good. I saw I watched the video of them announcing it on the bus. He looked a little bit shy about it, but mm-hmm. he's still cute. Darko loves a big, excited announcement. It's, it's He loves fantastic. an accolade. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's great. Be excited about stuff. It's cool. And yeah, sure, he's an injury replacement. But as we talked about last week, uh, you know, you could very easily make the case that there should be 15 slots on the All-Star teams in 2024, considering mm-hmm. the growth of the league expansion and just how bloody talented everybody is now. And so I don't think there's any shame in being an injury replacement. Oh, wow. You were the 13th or 14th best guy in the Eastern Conference. Great. Uh, you know, just like a horrible, horrible <laughs> distinction to have, of course. No, it's a, uh, it's very cool. And I think, you know, among the candidates, I'm sure your mileage varies as far as, you know, the, the winning aspect of it all. I tend to value that, you know, more often than not when I'm looking at the all-star game. Uh, maybe that's because the team I like has usually been pretty good over the last 10 years. And so it's easy to just sort of have my biases also confirm my all-star uh, <laughs> selections. But, uh, you know, so I, I understand, you know, the Cavs fans who are out there upset about Jared Allen. I understand the Katie Heindels who might yeah. be upset about Jared Allen. Yeah. Um, you know, Trey Young is not my cup of tea as the other all-star replacement <laughs> filling in for Julius Randle as well. But I, I don't think you can argue against the statistical case for Scotty Barnes. And it is a nice sort of bouquet of flowers to throw a guy a guy's way after what's been a pretty trying season it's been very disjointed the raptors are certainly not a team in the lexicon unless you're pulling up the trade machine and for his leap to be so pronounced and so undeniable and so so like statistically ironclad when it comes to like the catch-all metrics to be warranted warranting an all-star nod it's pretty impressive uh katie what about Scotty's jump this year to All-Star, which I don't think this was like the high-end outcome, right? Was, okay, Scotty's going to improve this year, but is he mm-hmm. going to be an All-Star? That feels like a little bit far-fetched, a little bit sort of pie in the sky. What about his leap to you has been the sort of most satisfying thing to watch? There's lots to choose from. There's just a million things he's better at. I'm trying to remember. I should have really looked the stat up before we started, but what was it? He was in like the top five of something in the NBA, like a lot alongside Giannis and Clay. And I want to say someone else. It was a three, some kind of three point stat. 
like really? freeze mixed with uh other sort of like he's got all he, he's on those like fad young graphics of you know 14 points eight rebounds six assists or whatever but like bigger scaled up more Jokic-y and Giannis-y numbers right um for sure so no there was a specific like yeah. no there was like a specific uh echelon of like the company he was with in the NBA's terrible podcasting um <laughs> but i think to me I think it's that he has put everything together so well mm-hmm. and he has also like persevered through a lot of, um, you know, shakeups on the roster mm-hmm. uh, and being asked to kind of bear this burden of being a team leader, which he doesn't have to fully step into yet. Cause I think, you know, his maturation is still coming, but he seems to be taking this on pretty gamely. Like his, it's really reflected in his play. Um, he's, trying things out he looks really in control he looks super confident uh, i think it's just been that's been the biggest pleasure for me to watch yeah i, I think the sort of turmoil if that's the word for it of like this team this year and the mm-hmm. constant changes of who he's playing with what are the priorities of the team um you know how are they mixing in pascal siakam to start the season how does him leveling up in his role take away from scotty all this different stuff the fact that he has still maintained like across the board improvements on both ends of the floor in basically every area of the floor Mm -hmm. is like extremely impressive. The burden he has been carrying on a not very good team for him to sort of scale up the usage to scale up the efficiency with that usage to scale up his playmaking, uh, you know, responsibilities to also become this sort of blocks and steals wizard as a backline defender. It's, when you put it in the context of what this team has been, a team that has twice as many losses as it has wins, a team that has gone you know, through complete and utter change and overhaul, especially over the last month, obviously, since the OG trade, but even before that, there was the cloud of uncertainty and all that stuff, too, hanging over the whole team. It's just, when you boil it down and still look at across-the-board jump-ups in every statistical category through all of that, Mm-hmm. it's kind of remarkable. Like he last season had a 20.3 usage percentage and a 52.4 true shooting percentage. That was well below average true shooting on, you know, about average usage. He scales up to 24.6% this year. That's a pretty big jump in usage. And his usage, his true shooting has improved to around league average of 57.5. You don't see that often. The scaling up is always the hardest thing. And mm-hmm. he's managed to do that. It, it's a, uh, it's quite remarkable, and I think a totally earned honor for him. Um, on this note, like him sort of now clearly being the dude on this team, you know, I, I wonder, you know, how much easier the all-star case would have been to make if he was the main guy all season long as well. It's an interesting sort of what if, if they had just kind of gone into this year with him as the number one. But from here to the end of the season, Katie, 32 games to go. Uh, what are your sort of hopes and dreams for Scotty Barnes for the rest of the year? I'd like to see how the tumultuousness of this season, which I know we're going to get to, um, affects him and his ability to be this steady state player and to like be the kind of anchoring barometer for the team because I do think that's what they need. And also, if he's being asked to be the number one guy and be the leader and this is his team, as we've heard you know, the front office say over and over again, you need somebody who's going to be able to play like that. And I think in the last... In his entire tenure as a Raptor, he's had vets to lean on who yep. take that responsibility. Like he he could afford to waffle and kind of, you know, feel his growing pains a little bit more. Um, he can't 
really do that. Like the pressure isn't completely there because again, mm -hmm. this isn't a season that they're really focused on. I think a play in is like such a far cry. You never know that who could get hot, but like, sure. Um, that is kind of out of their scope. So there isn't that immediate pressure, but everybody is looking and they're looking at like, who can we get and who should we bring in to compliment him? And to do that, like he needs to continue playing the way that he has been. And he needs to be able to sort of weather the ups and downs, roster changes, roster experimentation. He's shown all season long that he can do that. He's done that. Uh, he is just getting better as well. So he's kind of thriving in this little bit of this mixed up state. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I would like to see most. That's probably what I'm going to be looking most closely at mm -hmm. uh, is to just see how the strains of the season reflect on him and how we see that then reflected back on the floor. Yeah, like resisting the urge uh, to sort of pack it in on a season that is very clearly lost and not really going anywhere all that fruitful. It's I mean, a I disagree natural... with you. It's well, not no. a lost season. It's very important. I know we're <laughs> going to get I know we're going to get to it. Yes, but, we will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, re resisting the urge to sort of say, hey, not not our year. We'll sort of come back next year and reconvene. Like, I do mm -hmm. think the last 32 games here are incredibly important for setting a bit of a foundation. And Scotty's got to be obviously very pivotal in that and i think it's sort of a continuation and this is on darko this is on the whole team a continuation of seeing him sort of blend with the skill sets of rj barrett emmanuel quickly yaka Pertle, guys who are going to be on this team for presumably the long haul mm -hmm. um how can they sort of coalesce down the stretch and how does scotty become sort of the organizing agent among those guys as the best player on the team i think that's going to be a fascinating storyline to watch and a very important one as we head into an off season that uh, hopefully kind of restocks the cupboards and bolsters things going in to next season. We'll come back on the other side, Katie. You mentioned the idea of this being a lost season. I have had no. You some mentioned trouble. the idea of it. You it's mentioned the idea season. that we would talk about it. This is my idea. Sort of thinking about this no, year. You mentioned this idea. This is not my idea. My <laughs> no, idea. No, it's not your idea. You mentioned the notion. I might bring up the idea, Katie. Yes. This this is good. Um, <laughs> This is good. A little back and forth. We're getting ready yeah. to debate. We're getting ready to, yeah, have a hard, uh, you know, like a courtroom drama level debate mm -hmm. about whether this has been a lost season so far. 50 games in, what have we gotten out of it? Well, as a fan, what has there been to pull away? We're going to get into that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car to the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app in North America. With over 3 million members, they're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. All you got to do is pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And the promotion they've got going on right now is something our pal Katie is going to love. 
It's demon time on prize picks. You can now win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn that 10 bucks that you put down into a thousand dollars. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marks squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks. Demons and goblins, baby. All you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked at NBA. Use the code locked at NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked at NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with prize picks, the home of demons and goblins. We continue on here <laughs> with Katie Heindel of basketball feelings, of dime, of books, of uh, all quarters of Harvard. illustrious Harvard, teaching classes at Harvard, which is thankfully someone is shaping the minds over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you're, you're they're in good hands if Katie Heindel is their guest instructor. Uh, either way, Katie, let's get into it here. I, I've been thinking about this. Look, I don't think it's any secret. I do not like the way this Toronto Raptors season has played out. I think the coming into the year, if the telegraphing of the plans was all along to move Pascal Siakam, to maybe move OG Ananobi, I think they should have just gotten it out of the way in the summer and had a normal basketball season under which the team could build and grow and do the thing. Obviously, that has not happened. It was a weird, sort of uncomfortable first half of the season. The last month, not entirely due to trades. Obviously, injury have been a big part of this as well. The last month or so has been a slog. They're not winning many games. They are 17-33. and 33, And it's a shock to the system for, I think, a fan base that's gotten accustomed over the last 10 years to enjoying the regular beats and rhythms of a regular season outside of the Tampa year, which everyone knew was kind of a lost cause anyway. Uh, it's mostly been a pretty enjoyable time to be a Toronto Raptors fan. And this year to me feels like it's been lacking as far as the thing that I think is sort of the most important thing of being a sports fan, which is cool stuff to remember 10 years down the line. I don't know if I'm going to look back at the first 50 games of this season and say anything from it was all that memorable or exciting. And I, I think, you know, I, look, I don't want to be a grump. I want to be happy. I want to be excited. I am optimistic about the BBQ trio and everything that can come before it in the next couple of years here. But I still find myself mired in not really enjoying this Raptors season. And, I, you know, Katie, you're here. You're the optimist. You're someone. It's weird. <laughs> I used to be an optimist. What happened? Uh, <laughs> time happened, I guess. But uh, I, I just kind of want to have you maybe just like shoot down my stance that this has been sort of a lost season from the fan perspective, because obviously there have been good things. I'll even share some things I've liked about this season, but on the whole, this season's been a bummer. And, you know, the Scotty Barnes all-star thing, great. Awesome little sort of beacon of light in the darkness. But overall, 50 games in, I feel like just time has happened and a basketball season hasn't really played out. Tell me why I'm wrong, Katie. It's demon time. Oh. <laughs> Ah, uh, my new favorite ad read of all time. <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, if you sure. want to look at this as a waste of a season, I I do to a degree understand the frustration. Why couldn't those decisions around Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi be made earlier in the season? We know why, because the front office has been pretty plain uh, in mm -hmm. telling us all along. They wanted to wait and see. I think they were really reticent to let, so, especially someone like Pascal Siakam go, you know, mm -hmm. Masai Ujiri was pretty emotional about it when he did his follow-up presser. 
which I think was really telling, you know, you want to expect the most of these athletes that you've had in your system for such a long time. I think that is a good testament to the development of your, which I also think in some ways the team might be grappling with not really having anymore. That system, they're trying to get it back, but it doesn't exist. That must feel a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of ways that this team has tried to really shape shift its way out of making an a real change or this rebuild that it's in now to try and kind of staunch the bleeding, right? And prolong things. Um, and then it obviously wasn't working. Things were getting worse. Things were getting more difficult for people on the team to do their jobs. It was a slog to watch. It was much more miserable and really inconsistent. There was no direction. I think they heard all of that and then they made the decision, but I just, they, they made it as late as they did because that's the kind of front office the Toronto Raptors have, you know, sure. which if you're frustrated, if you're a fan who really likes immediate decisions in the NBA, that's going to frustrate you. But that is the way that this front office has always operated. So. Which is something I usually appreciate the, about them, by the way. Mm -hmm. like, I have always said that patience is an extremely underrated thing in front offices. And I've appreciated that the Raptors haven't just like jumped to make moves because the world says they should. It just, I'm still bitter about specifically the Pascal thing where it just seemed so preordained and like, are you bitter because you really were under the impression he was going to stay. So are you bitter that he finally went or that it happened so late? I've, I'm bitter because I think, I mean, I, you're not going to convince me that Pascal wouldn't have been helpful to this team over the next few years. Mm -hmm. And that the option of just like signing him and keeping him around versus trading him for Bruce Brown and some picks wasn't the like wouldn't have been the preferable move um i know timelines people disagree on sort of team building and all that that's fine whatever um but like if they if they hadn't telegraphed all season long from the summer ghosting pascal to the weirdness on media day to the very clear sort of diminishing of his role within the offense to start the season like had they not telegraphed all season long that their decision was ultimately going to be trading him you know i I would have had more if they were, if it felt like they were actually in an evaluation period. I, mm -hmm. I think I would have been made my peace with it, but I don't think they were. I was perfectly okay to evaluate and sort of make my own conclusions, but those don't matter, obviously. And it felt like they knew going in, Pascal's not going to be here. And they sort of let the cloud hang over. And the first half of the season felt completely sort of uh, just just this damper, this fog hung over the team the entire time because of it. And I think that has some damaging effects. So that's kind of where I'm at on it all. I would say to that, that has, that fog has been hanging over for the past, like, however, at least like one and a half seasons, maybe Oh, no two. doubt. They did not um, learn from last year's fog. <laughs> yeah, there's been a, like a lot of different fogs that have rolled in. In terms of a wasted season, again, like it depends what kind of basketball you like watching. I like watching I don't good mind. basketball, Katie. Yeah, well, Sean, like, I got bad news for you. Like, yeah. I don't mind watching. It's it's like setting expectations. I've been saying this all season. Like, I think there was still this hanging on expectation that this team would be, like, in playoff contention for some people at the beginning of the season, which was not realistic. I know you've got playoff contention-style players in Ananobi and Siakam. They're gone now, mm -hmm. um, and the consistency is not there. This is not a playoff team. You know, this is probably just a regular season team, and what – or is going to be the most fun to watch and really zero in on are incremental gains yep. by specific athletes, game to game to game. Things that they're learning how to do, ways that they kind of click and learn how to play together, the way that the team shapes itself through the season to go into next season to get a real sense of like 
who this team actually is. This is a rebuild now. It's Scotty's team. How does that actually look? How does that basketball team play? We don't know them yet. So you're going to be looking at that. Though I say all that with the understanding that they'll probably lose more games than they're going to win. Sure. But that doesn't take away from those learnings through the 100%. games that they lose. You know, there'll be close, close losses. There'll be probably really fun, like unexpected wins where they get one up on a really good team, you know, and they kind of play up. But I think if you really like exceptional winning basketball every night, this is not going to be the team for you. And it, I don't mean like, I'm not trying to actually say like, you can't be a Raptors fan anymore <laughs> to anyone who feels that way, but adjust your expectations. Like you, this is kind of the thing that I talked about a lot. I felt like before the re like when there was clamoring for a rebuild, it's that people wanted this. They got it. A rebuild takes years. Like you don't, you don't, that's the whole point of a rebuild. You don't become competitive right away. It's like a, and I think that's what that again was the hemming and hawing of the front office to decide to go all in on it because they knew they're not going to be a winning team for several seasons in the way that they certainly were and were used to under Masai Ujiri's tenure, mm -hmm. you know, going back to like those early, early seasons of Kyle and DeMar starting this whole ball rolling. Right. Yep. So it sucks to be a GM who wants to win to then pull the trigger on a team that's going to lose. So you've got to like figure out what it is that you like about this team in other ways. In some ways I do feel that makes fandom a bit more resilient. You mm -hmm. know, you'll, you're going to pick up and latch onto certain athletes. Um, you're going to really get behind them for reasons you don't understand just because you have a good feeling about someone or because it's more fun to root for a person than the whole team. If the whole team, it doesn't look that great all the time. You know, I said this when I was on the radio with, Blake and Will last week, but like that is how I became such a fan of Amir Johnson. Sure. I was a, obsessed with for one season with John Sammons. Like, you know, he came <laughs> and went, but like you pick, like he's oh, yeah. just that is actually how I started to get behind Fred Van Vliet. I think mm -hmm. I like I was at the game where he played his first like three minutes of NBA basketball. I was like, this guy's gonna be a star. <laughs> <laughs> but like it doesn't always pan out, but sometimes it's really cool to to, to pick and see something and someone and, and and like put your whole full weight of fandom behind them. And um it sounds hokey, but I do think it actually it makes it it's gonna make it that much more worthwhile when this team does eventually start to climb. And look, as sort of negative as I'm surely coming across about how this season has been handled, I think there is a ton of potential for the last 30 games or so. So once things settle post-deadline, to be very fun and very full of a lot of those sort of growing moments that you talked about, the things that we will latch on to. And hey, like we're talking about the season in the moment right now, where the last month or so has felt like nothing has happened and time has gone on and they've not really been a cohesive basketball team. Mm -hmm. You know, five, six years from now, I probably there probably will be something, some sort of element of looking back and saying, hey, that was the Scotty Barnes explosion year. That was the year we all knew it was going to happen. Right. And so, you know, I've said this many times. Basketball does not sort of play out on a one season basis. Right. Like these stories take many, many years to play out. And we're probably in like the prologue of whatever this is going to be in the Scotty Barnes, you know, IQ, Barrett, Grady Dick era, whatever it's going to be. And so there, there definitely is plenty to be written. And I do think there's plenty to be written this season that can be very exciting. Um, but yeah, it's it just, 
I, I was just taken aback looking. They've already played 50 games, and I feel like we know nothing new about this team other than that Scotty Barnes rocks, which is great. And look, I, I mean, I spent my formative years uh, throwing my weight behind Carlos Delfino and Mike James and Andrea Bargnani. I, I, I do feel like the last month or so has been kind of like the first workout after not doing a workout for a year and the muscles are still kind of sore. Uh, we'll get into enjoying the slop, I'm sure, very soon and, and hitching our wagons to dudes. At least I, you know, I'm sure that'll come. And not, like I said, last 32 games, I'm really excited. I'm excited for the deadline to get out of our faces, to not hear about a trade rumor ever again, and for the players on the team to know that they're going to be the players on the team, which leads mm -hmm. us into our final segment. We'll come back on the other side and get into the looming trade deadline and play a little rapid fire of will they stay or will they go coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. And look, one of the other things that is a benefit of watching a not very good basketball team is tickets tend to get a little bit cheaper. Will that happen in today's day of inflation? We'll see, but Game Time will give you the very best chance of getting great prices on tickets last minute as well, which is one of my favorite ways to go to Raptors games these days. You got to keep an eye on the app. And oh, like th three hours before the game, uh, my cousin texts me and says, hey, tickets are cheap. You want to go? Yes, I do want to go. It's a wonderful thing. And Game Time can help you get the very best last minute tickets because they have the Game Time guarantee, which means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you with 110% of the difference. There's no reason not to go to Game Time to go and find the best tickets. All the fees are up front, so you're not getting hit on the back end with those like, oh, wow, there's an extra 50 bucks on here I wasn't expecting to pay. No, it's all baked into the price that you see on Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, continuing on here, ran a little long there in segment two, but I think it was good basketball fan theory. It's good stuff. Uh, kind of my favorite stuff to talk about, frankly, when it comes to following the NBA and no better person to talk about it with than Katie Heindel. Um, Katie, we're going to pivot from uh, feelings and, uh, you know, the, the, the narrative to trades, baby trades. It's what everyone loves. It's just gobbling up the trade stuff. Uh, it feels a little quieter as all of the big trades seem to have already happened, which is nice. I don't think we're going into this deadline with any sort of existential dread hanging over us like we have, I think, the last nine NBA trade deadlines uh, <laughs> Toronto Raptors fans, which is a bit of a relief. Um, I, I guess before we dive into a quick rapid fire through guys who might get moved over the course of the next day or so, uh, what are your sort of broad feelings about the Raptors going into the deadline? Is there anything you're hoping to see? Um, you know, is there anything you'll be disappointed if we if we do or don't see? Where were you at? Where's your head at as we go into the deadline on Thursday? I feel like they're done. Uh, 
I have a feeling why there will be one more trade um, mm -hmm. from what I've heard, but mm -hmm. I think they've made all of their major moves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see them going to like add a piece necessarily. Those pieces aren't really available at this time of year. Mm -hmm. From You know, I do think summertime, this is a team that's going to have a lot of cap space. This is a team that's going to have, uh, you know, stuff to trade. And there will be teams around the league that are up against the second apron, kind of maybe have to move guys just for the sake of money reasons. And I think the Raptors have kind of put themselves in a spot to be a beneficiary of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm with you. I don't know if I'm expecting anything wholesale or, or massive in the next 24 hours. That said, you know, there's a little bit of noise out there about like Dennis Schroeder. There's a little noise, obviously, lots of noise about Bruce Brown. We don't know the situation with Gary Trent Jr. Chris Boucher has been uh, reported as, you know, the Raptors are looking for a landing spot per Doug Smith. I still think there's a lot of kind of loose ends here to tie up. And, and mm -hmm. you know, the, the tying up of the loose end might just be you're on the team and you're, we're going to ride it out with you and sign you or whatever. But uh, let's quickly go through some of these guys, Katie, a little gut feeling as to whether they will get traded. And if you want to throw a team they get traded into as well, as we baselessly speculate, please, by all means. Um, let's start with Bruce Brown. Obviously, feels like the most likely guy to get traded um, I, I think there are very strong feelings about Bruce Brown right now among Raptors fans. I think most people just want to see the trade happen because he has not seemed the most engaged over the last little bit. Um, you know, I feel like if he's, you know, confirmed to be on the team, we'll see a bit of a turnaround of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, if he's in Toronto still, I'm not too concerned about that, but, uh, where are you at with Bruce Brown? Do you think he gets moved before tomorrow? Yeah, I'm with you. I think the engagement level probably reflects the under the, the thinking that mm -hmm. he is expecting to get traded mm -hmm. um i wouldn't doubt that that would change if he stayed mm -hmm. um yeah i think this is this is somebody who is at top of my list like a lot of people's mm -hmm. uh i know that i don't know i never i always like i don't think the lakers are quite serious whenever they <laughs> honestly like i don't when was the last time toronto had a trade with the like it's just they don't they, sure. they get thrown into everything and whether that's like leaks or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to name the team. <laughs> that's totally fine. Um, yeah, I, I do think we've maybe overestimated the market for Bruce Brown just a tad. And I, you know, I think there are teams out there who would want him, but he also makes like 22 million bucks. It's hard to make that money work. The Knicks feel like the most mm -hmm. obvious landing spot. I think Michael Grange already reported the first on the table from the Knicks or, or you know from some team for Bruce Brown. So I, I'm sure they'll get uh, you know something back for Bruce Brown. That said, I think I'll be a little disappointed if they only get like a 2024 pick on account of they already have all of the 2024 picks, and it feels like maybe there's a bit of a surplus to requirements if you're loading up on picks in the draft. Everyone says isn't very good. Um, so I think we'll they see, would. But package those picks for a real person that is also rather than have sort of rookies hunch. three yeah. rookies you can't have that many rookies it's, no. it's a lot of rookies to have so mm -hmm. uh, that's probably my hunch as well you know the summertime again when guys become more available that becomes interesting but yeah i, I wonder if they try to like diversify their pick chest a little bit and get something for 2025 or 26 or something like that um, though it seems like most teams just want to trade this year's picks because the next two drafts seem to be pretty good per all of the scout heads out there. Um, so yeah, I, I do think Brown probably gets traded, but I'm also not going to be upset if he's not because I think a he's a good, useful player who I'm mm -hmm. sure his sort of 
attention to detail will ratchet up if he's actually part of the team. And that's confirmed by him not being moved. And I, I think, you know, there are times to trade Bruce Brown if you're going to trade Bruce Brown in the summer or next year's deadline as well. So I don't think they have to force it if they're not getting something that tangibly helps them going forward. Uh, let's go with uh, Chris Boucher. Do you think Chris Boucher's time in Toronto is about to come to an end? Will there be a new longest tenured Raptor? And will that player be Gary Trent Jr.? We'll weave both of these guys in. The two longest serving Raptors. Will either of them be on the team tomorrow? Yes. I don't think they're getting traded. Interesting. Boucher feels like maybe a buyout guy. Um, Although he's got another year after this, so maybe that becomes hard to work out. But yeah. Do they just take a second round pick for Boucher? I don't know if that's doing anything for you. Um, I would guess one of those two gets traded. I'd probably lean towards Boucher. I think Gary is playing well enough and has the one skill this team needs so desperately kind of in the three-point shooting that I think they probably decide, hey, let's just kind of keep this guy around and pay him what it's going to take in the summer. Maybe I'm reading that wrong, but he's been quite good of late. So that's my gut prediction there. Boucher gets traded. Trent does not. Uh, Let's go through Dennis Schroeder quickly. I don't think he's getting traded, but I don't know. Where are you at on this one? No. (laughs) What's the point, right? Like you need to have basketball players to play developmentally conducive basketball. Mm -hmm. And I I don't see a way you're what you're getting anything back for Dennis Schroeder that helps you do that. He's a useful player. He's been good for the most part, uh, especially when he's been in that six man role. So yeah, I I don't think he's getting moved. And then uh, Otto Porter, Jalen McDaniels, those two guys, like will, will the Bucks come in with a top 55 protected second round pick to add their desperately needed wings. Um, Where are you at on Porter and McDaniels? They feel like sort of fringy potential trade guys. No. No. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I don't like entertaining this to begin with. Uh, Because they're too, like, unfortunately, they're too fringy. Mm -hmm. Though... I'm like, in my mind, these are the kind of trades that happen more in the summer when you see like this sort of like um, really parallel movements between teams rather than like these big swing things, which now are also seemingly more to happen in the summer than at the deadline. Um, If they are moves, they'll be like really lateral again, like with kind of teams who need the same thing. But I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I just saw a picture of Otto wearing like coming into the tunnel with like all his free Raptors gear on. I don't want that guy to. <laughs> I don't want that guy to go either. He's, chill, been, man. he's been a, a very sort of sprightly bench celebration guy yes. this year as well. Uh, I think there's value to that. Even if the Raptors are loaded with those types of guys. Um, that said, I don't think McDaniels is getting traded because I don't think McDaniels has been good enough to sort of appeal himself to a contender. I think there's a chance they've been keeping Otto Porter just kind of, uh, safe from injury with the sort of intention of moving him to a contender at the deadline. Like the Bucks feel like an auto porter team to me. And I do wonder if something goes down there. Um, you know, is he at the point in his career where he can actually help a championship serious team? I don't know. He's only two years removed from doing that with the Warriors. So we'll see. But uh, I think I would probably bet on Porter getting moved. McDaniel's not. So we'll see. There's going to be some stuff. It is the nice kind of thing where you can just wake up at three o'clock and not really pay attention to your phone all day. And then, oh, yeah, those guys got traded. Okay, cool. Let's do You're waking up at three. It. Are you okay? 3 p.m.? 
I've been recovering from the vid, Katie. True, uh, true, true. I, was I need like, my nap. Depressed, um, but you're. Uh, but yeah. Uh... <laughs> No, the sun's out this week, so I'm less uh, sad. Although uh, my pal King Cake Baby is retired for the year, so the sun is kind of he's gone. He's gone back to his cave, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the true sun, the true uh, source of life, King Cake Baby. We'll leave it there, Katie. Thank you so much for indulging me on the trade stuff, uh, even though I know you hate I'm it. I'm the least, uh, yeah, I'm just like the least <laughs> enthusiastic person you could ever You always Because you're on the show on Wednesdays, trade scenarios. You're always right before a trade deadline, and so we always kind of have to get into it. I'm just um, here to bring everybody down, back down to earth. That's honestly <laughs> nothing I love more than talking down trade possibilities. It's the best and the most, I think, wise thing to do. Either way, Katie, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for hanging out. It was lovely chatting with you. Anything you want to promote for the good people out there? No. I, I mean, like I had so I have so much stuff this week I've done and I can't talk about yet. So keep I guess keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> yeah, keep them eyes peeled. And while you're at it, read Basketball Feelings and give, give Katie money for Basketball Feelings because it's the best. Um, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, all that good stuff. We are, of course, over on Discord. Link is in the description. It's free to join. We'd love to see you there. And we will talk to you again on Thursday. We'll have a later in the day episode. We'll do it after the deadline so we can talk about what has gone down although i guess there's a game tonight too so we'll have a morning episode about the hornets game and then a bonus episode in the afternoon look at me programming on the fly either way thanks so much for hanging out we'll talk to you again on thursday another episode of lockdown raptors Bye bye Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.